Hi everyone, this is Christopher and you're listening to Finding Japan episode 29. Coffee episode part 2. Hey everybody, well, in an effort to bring you the rest of the coffee chat between my good friend Fred and I, uh, I think we're going to do a little bit of jumping around here with this episode. I think what will be best here is if we continue with the conversation between Fred and myself and um, get as far as we can. I'm also going to jump in with a quick iced coffee discussion that I had with Alex this week at Dotoru, and then we will turn to a Saturday morning review this weekend from a place in Asakusa called Coffee Crown. So, if you have a cup, sit back and relax and get ready for Coffee Episode Part 2. I'm a coffee man I know all about the coffee beans I'm a coffee man Yeah, so what do we move on to? Well, I want to move on to one other type of coffee, and I think this is an interesting type of coffee that I've seen more in Japan than anywhere else, and it's the blended milk type coffees that you can buy in a convenience store. It usually comes in a cold can, like in, a, in the cold area, and it's usually sold along next to like the vitamin waters. Hmm. I don't you, think that I've experienced that. I was just going to ask you, did you have a chance to, to try that when you were in Japan before? I don't know. Tell me all about it. It's mostly sold in a cafe au lait type format, and it's much like drinking um, the Starbucks cold coffees that you can buy in a convenience store that are in a glass bottle. It's made by all the same manufacturers, so Boss or Wanda, and they're blended coffee. So it's it. I wouldn't quite put it in the coffee category because one coffee in my mind should should truly be hot. Two. It's often blended with milk and sugar already, so it's more like a coffee shake drink than true coffee. But it is an aspect of coffee that that is worth exploring, especially if you like um, the type of pre-mixed cafe au lait from Starbucks. You know, they have like the cafe au lait one. There's there's another one too, like maybe a peppermint one or something, or a cinnamon one. So it's kind of a coffee flavored milk. Yeah, yeah, and and in fact, it's more akin to a drink that they have here in Japan called milk tea, where it's tea pre-mixed with milk and sugar. That's kind of popular, in fact, in in China, and, and even now a little bit more in the U.S. Now there's this thing called bubble tea, which is, it, it's kind of this weird, like, milky tea drink with, with these little bits of something brown i don't remember what the somethings are but it looks kind of disgusting to me so i've never actually had any but basically you know tea and coffee flavored milk is is really taken off uh, in various places in various ways yeah bubble tea i think is actually usually made with tapioca ah yeah that's what it is and there's there's been you can find bubble tea pretty easily in japan as well um however i I've always considered it more of like a a tea, milk, and honey type drink rather than a, a coffee drink. But I, I oh, yeah, absolutely. I just I'm I'm commenting on the fact that that 
that there's this new fad of taking like you know traditional hot beverages and then mixing them with milk and putting some other goop in it, shaking it up, and calling it a new beverage. Yeah, no, you're exactly right, and I think some of these milky coffee drinks are actually very, you know, it's really starting to blend the line between black coffee and green tea or, or black tea. <laughs> There's a gradient there, and it goes to, like, milky coffee as you move in one way, and it goes to, like, bubble tea and milk tea as you go the other way, and eventually it meets somewhere in between. Someone's going to have to invent a tea coffee drink, and then the circle <laughs> will be complete. <laughs> oh, wow, it'll be like getting everything all in one. But it'll probably taste like water. <laughs> cancel each other that's out. exactly it they'll completely cancel each other out okay so we've covered starbucks we've covered in-store tea like mcdonald's and mossberg we covered vending machines what's next you know i think what's next is the unique specialty coffee stores that they have in japan that are not starbucks okay why don't you uh lay out some of your experiences here for us well i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna discuss how i was introduced to this so you and I were in this underground shopping mall, I, I, I want to say somewhere in the Tokyo Station neighborhood, and right, so there's stores on the left side, and there's stores on the right side, there are these two aisleways in this underground mall, and there's like this, this island in the middle where like all the restaurants are, and then on either side is where all the, the crazy, kitschy stores are. So we're in one of these big, complex deals, and... and we were trying to figure out what to do, and, and the shopping in the underground mall was, for a Westerner, not very interesting, or at least for this Westerner, not very interesting. So we were trying to figure out what to do, and there was this detour store, or, or whatever it is store, like in the middle. And uh, and we went in just for like, you know, just to grab a coffee because it was a, it was a coffee place. And, and I remember I had just like a regular coffee with cream. Like not not any like espresso based drink, nothing fancy, nothing goofy, just just regular drip coffee with with cream. And it was like the best drip coffee I've ever had in my entire life. Really, it was literally the best coffee I've ever had in my entire life, even to this day. It was it was perfectly strong, but not too strong. It was in no way bitter, and uh, in the same way that that. That wine critics use a variety of different words that are kind of weird to describe wine. Coffee critics do the same to to describe coffee, and this coffee was so chocolatey. It didn't actually taste like chocolate at all, but that's that's the word that they use to describe this particular characteristic. I see of, of coffee, and, and it was so chocolatey and so unbelievably smooth, yet perfectly strong. In no way was it bitter. It, it was just the most amazing, perfect coffee I've ever had. So it had it had body without the bitterness. It was absolutely full of body, and it had zero bitter. So it was like the anti-Starbucks coffee. That's impressive. I was just going to say, Starbucks coffee is the antithesis of body at the cost of bitterness. Exactly. And, and I, you know, I love Starbucks espresso. I really do. It's not my favorite. It's probably my third or fourth favorite espresso in the world. But... Uh, but the regular coffee is usually pretty horrible, and I don't really understand why why normal people like that stuff. But however it works out, this this stuff in Japan was actually that that amazing. Now, the amazing thing about Dota or Detour, or whatever we want to call, it, 
we'll probably call it everything but what it's actually called. So if someone <laughs> That's knows exactly right. how to pronounce that, please send it along. Don't tell us. <laughs> or, or, yeah, don't <laughs> tell us so we can continue to make fools of ourselves. Um, but but the, the interesting thing about Dodor that, that I think is different than Starbucks is, you know, Starbucks has taken the approach where it's truly centered around coffee, and it has coffee accessories and then also pastries, things that you would eat with coffee. But Dodor's taken a different approach. They actually have full-blown sandwiches and meals that they sell along with the coffee. Well, it's interesting. Starbucks has introduced, in fact, I just finished a uh, hot breakfast sandwich from Starbucks. So they're kind of getting into that too a little bit. And they have like uh, lunch sandwiches, cold meat sandwiches, but chicken salad, turkey, new, stuff like that. Isn't it? It is all relatively new. It's it's no older than a year, I think. Um, it, it is a fairly new thing, and it's not even consistent. Not all Starbucks have that. You know, I think the the interesting thing with with Dodor in Japan and their profit model is that the coffee is very well priced and it's excellent, as you say. I, I have to agree. By the way, you know your your interpretation of that coffee compared to others within Japan is is spot on. But I think where where Dodor sort of gets to be a little bit of a negative is the fact that their food is so expensive. So it's a great place to go for coffee, but if you're planning on going there for a meal, get your coffee and then, and then go somewhere else because food's really expensive. Mm, I don't think that, that we together ever ate there, so so I don't, I don't remember that aspect, but I just remember the coffee being so amazing. And, and it was so amazing, in fact. Uh, probably three or four times after that, if I saw one of those stores, you know, I dragged us in there so I could grab, you know, a latte and like try out their other coffees. And, and they all were just amazing. Every, every bit of coffee I had from there was amazing. We must have hit up, I think, 20 or 30 different doters. Do you think that many? I think so. It was, wow. it, well, maybe not. Maybe, maybe 15 or 20 because it was at least a twice a day occurrence. I'll give you that. You know, we started out, you know, twice or thrice a day hitting the, the vending machine coffee. But, but then as we came to realize that Japan itself had the best strip coffee in the world, I think we, I think we moved right away from the, the vending machines and, and started doing up the real deal. Yeah. And it's so quick. Which is a very good move. The service is just incredible. So you get your coffee and it's consistent and it's consistently good. Yeah. So there's nothing absolutely. else to say. I, I think, I think Doder, in terms of taste pretty much is is number one wouldn't you agree number one in the world i definitely would agree with that in the world wow that's impressive and i've had coffee mind you like some pretty you know i've had coffee in italy right where coffee is supposed to be amazing and and i didn't actually like the coffee in italy and i i gave it like you know several attempts to to win me over but but to no avail it, it really was japan that that had the best coffee Spain has some pretty amazing coffee. In fact, in Spain, uh, Spain has a lot of like influence from from the Moorish population and the the you know ancient Arab populations and things like that. So they have this way of making coffee. It's it's called Turkish or Greek coffee, depending on if you ask the Turks or the Greeks. It's, it's this whole different way of making coffee, and it's really strong and it's kind of interesting and. It's it's, and, uh, it's smaller it's coffee, isn't it? And it's it's more. It, it doesn't seem like it's as it's filtered as well. Like some more fine particles get through. As a matter of fact, it's not filtered at all. It's actually ground to a to a powder, like to the the consistency of flour. 
and then they just boil it in this little coffee maker called an ibrik. And, uh, and they boil it twice or three times, depending on which store you go to. And then they pour the whole soupy glop into your, into your, uh, actually they add sugar before they, before they serve it to you. So they, they boil it up and it's got the sugar and the coffee in there and they pour it into your little cup and it, and it's, and it's absolutely amazing coffee. So I had that in Spain, which, uh, which I would expect to have like, you know, the second best Turkish coffee outside of Turkey. And even that, you know, just doesn't compare to like regular coffee on the street in Japan coffee, in my opinion. Wow. Well, there, there you have it, folks. <laughs> That's coming from what else can I say? had coffee around the world. <laughs> what else can I say? I've had coffee in Colombia, you know, where obviously Colombia is famous for coffee and they have Juan Valdez and all that, you know, historical hoopla with coffee, the guy and the donkey and all that. And even that coffee really didn't even come close. It really didn't. Wow. Detour is the best coffee. And I actually brought like a little freeze-dried pack of, uh, not freeze-dried, but, but vacuum-sealed, I should say, pack of coffee home with me from, from Detour. It was like half a kilo, and, and, and it was, wasn't quite as good by the time I got it home, but you, know, you can only expect so much from your home coffee maker. That's true. That's true. It was great. got something that I've had before, but I'll let him describe it. So, lettuce hot dog. I'm, I'm not too impressed. No? No? I mean, it's like... It looks like almost like French bread. Mm. It's like maybe half a foot. It's just like... You lay like... Two slices of lettuce. Get a hot dog on it. It's got some mustard too. But how's, how's the mustard? The mustard's not. It's okay. I was looking for like ketchup, but I didn't have it. I got a, uh, a tuna melt. Pretty much the same deal. French bread. Tuna for smoked cheese. I guess for price, not too bad. But the coffee's pretty good. I don't. I don't know how you can do this wrong. No, this is the best place. In fact, I wonder what kind of coffee they actually serve here. Have you been to uh, Chloe's? Not in Japan. Was there one back home? Mm-hmm. Noticing. This particular restaurant is kind of nice though because it has a awning and a couple of tables. 
and sit outside. And, and it's off the street. Yeah, the one the alleyway. If that's like the regular coffee, it's really tiny. What that guy's drinking. That's a small. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> It's probably around eight to ten fluid ounces. But he's enjoying it. I mean, like back home, like at Starbucks, this order, like the, their smallest one, is it that size? No. It's at least like, what, two thirds bigger? A third? A medium um, is roughly equivalent to. A Japanese medium is roughly equivalent to an American small. I'm a coffee man. I know about the coffee bean. Coffee in the morning can be ecstasy. Like my sweet, sweet woman laying down next to me. Cause I'm a, I'm a coffee man. I know about the coffee beans. I'm a coffee man. So I think the other interesting thing is, is we're talking a lot about Detour and, you know, particular brands and things like that. But we hit you know, a couple, maybe not a ton of, but at least a couple generic shops that, that had no well-known name brand or what have you, and still the coffee was amazing. Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned that because I wanted to turn our attention towards more traditional coffee shops and an aspect of Japanese coffee that I think is often underlooked, and that is where to get lots of coffee for very low cost. Well, Japanese people definitely like lots of stuff, like lots of lights, lots of excitement, lots of gambling, lots of everything. So where can you get lots of coffee? You can get lots of coffee at internet cafes. Really? Yes. I found this out when I moved to Japan. I didn't have internet access initially, so I found myself maybe once every other day going to an internet cafe. Now, most internet cafes, you pay by the hour, of course, to use the internet or to sit around and read uh, the different types of comic books. But one of the benefits of an internet cafe is if you're a coffee lover, most have as much coffee as you can drink included for free as part of your uh, usage charge for using the internet cafe. Wow, now that's, that's an interesting strategy because I know... At least in China, there's this huge, huge craze of opening internet cafes and, like, they're absolutely jam-packed all night long with, like, teenagers and, and even, like, young guys in, like, their 20s just sitting around playing video games all night. Obviously, they need some coffee to keep them going to do that. Yeah. So, in these places, you know, if you're a, if you're a volume coffee drinker, chances are you're probably, you probably got that way because you're playing... World of Warcraft till 5 in the morning. <laughs> so if you need to play World of Warcraft to 5 in the morning and you're just visiting Japan, chances are you will go to an internet cafe. Um, but, you know, I found myself going to an internet cafe for maybe a half hour, an hour, and to get two or three cups of decent coffee. Now, I wouldn't call it the best coffee in the world, 
but it certainly beat U.S. instant coffee. It was the same type of coffee that we had just talked about where it was done through a vending machine that either combined a powder or did like a uh, real-time pressing of, of coffee automatically for you. And you're drinking it out of a, a saucer, not a styrofoam cup, usually. So you don't get that that's, sort of plasticky taste along with your coffee. Yeah, that's that's kind of interesting. It sounds like, well, I think that service in general is, is like 200 steps above what it is anywhere else in Japan. I mean, it's it's service industry in Japan of any varieties, just it beats the world hands down. So it's the kind of place you might expect to get like a real actual cup that, that a normal person would drink from instead of some cheap throwaway styrofoam crap. You're, you're exactly right. And, you know, I, I prefer to drink coffee out of, you know, something other than a plastic cup or a can. And, you know, to, to have that type of coffee in an internet cafe is certainly something worthwhile. So if you come and visit Japan and, and you, you want to drink a lot of coffee, definitely check out the internet cafe. That's, that's a good place to get decent coffee eat oh here's what i was here's the best way for me to relate it to japan's internet cafe coffee is much like u.s denny's coffee oh see in the u.s denny's maybe when we were in uh when we were juniors in 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 college denny switched over to millstone coffee and millstone is probably like i want to say it's like maybe my second favorite drip american coffee so I, I definitely, I can relate to that. Millstone, by the way, is a brand, and, and it's actually, it's a fantastic brand. I love Millstone Coffee. I don't think I've had it, so I'm not familiar with it. But I Ooh, th- that's harsh. I think many listeners will know of a place to get decent coffee that's good, that um, is convenient, and it's usually at a diner or something like that. And yeah. this type of coffee is very, very similar to diner coffee. Cheap good you would drink it anytime and uh you have no complaints that's exactly what the internet cafe coffee is like now how much is is time at one of these internet cafes in japan hmm. it depends on the cafe and it usually ranges anywhere between 200 yen to 300 no 200 yen to 500 yen per hour so basically that that's about how much you would pay for for some regular coffee bad coffee in the u.s Right. So except if for you, about the same price, you you get you know good coffee, decent coffee at least, good coffee, oh, and an internet experience of your own choosing. Exactly. Exactly. And and if you if you drink coffee quickly, then it then it's a it's a deal. You can Absolutely. get you can get four cups of coffee in for about five hundred yen. It's kind of weird how Japan. Like the culture in Japan takes what I would consider it to be like a, a regular old American thing to do, like you know, going out, grabbing the paper, sitting down, and reading the news, and and and, and in Japan they would intensify that in in a very different kind of way. Where so you take this like nice, comfortable, relaxed activity of like waking up in the morning in suburbia, walking out, grabbing the paper, and like going to the cafe, sitting down, drinking coffee, and reading the paper, and they turn it into like like this different experience where like you go to the internet cafe all you can drink decent cafe but you're doing it like with a hundred other people first thing in the morning at this packed internet cafe it's probably kind of noisy and crazy because it's japan because that's just the way that japan is and you know you can sit down and read the news but still enjoy your cup of coffee like i equate those two activities 
as being like the American and Japanese version of the same thing. Possibly. The, the internet cafes that I went to were pretty low-key. Like, it was actually pretty quiet. But it, it still has that sort of intensity because it's, it's, everything is black, but there's lots of bright lights. So you can see, but you can't. And, oh, yeah. That's, that's a weird effect. And um, everybody there is really intense because they're either like focused on like getting what they need to get done done in a certain amount of time and they're drinking coffee at the same time or they've been you know playing god knows what for three hours and you know they're just about to kill the dragon and they're all stressed out that's interesting i've actually never been to a to a low-key internet cafe in the world i I haven't been to that many mind you but but i I remember one time for some reason i had to spend a, a good amount of time in this one internet cafe in italy and uh, and, it, and it was anything but low key, and I've, I've seen them here and there, and they're they're usually pretty packed with with all kinds of people. Mm. I think as an interesting aside, you should you should make mention of the fact that if you don't want to go to an internet cafe and you're not really into coffee, but you still need to get some work done, you can go to the Apple Store in Tokyo and and just sit there for a half an hour and like do all your email. That is true. That is true. Though I did find out that now that's become an issue. And it's it's not an issue from Apple's perspective. They've they still do it, but the problem is those computers are always in use now. Hmm. I guess people have figured that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's for getting in on the the secrets early. Yeah. No kidding. When we had visited Japan, I think that store was not more than a few months old. Well, it'll be interesting how that whole culture shapes up. Because they're they're opening so many of these stores, but that's that's really a different topic. The other thing that I found that's a a, a stark difference from the U.S. is that in the I should probably back up. In the U.S., there are many coffee shops that offer free internet, and these are usually not the corporate chain coffee shops, but more of the smaller privately run coffee shops. In Japan, yeah, that's absolutely true. In Japan, there is none of that. I have yet to find a coffee shop that offers free internet. Huh, see, I've, that's actually a really interesting point. All the coffee shops, pretty much everywhere I go now, offer some kind of internet access. But it's, it's only in the U.S. where it's free, it's by Wi-Fi internet access. Everywhere else you have to get on this, you know, either monthly payment plan or, uh, and at Starbucks you also have to do like a monthly payment plan. Or uh, or you have to like buy like an hour of internet or something like that mm-hmm. in all these different cafes all around the world. But 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 you're right. If you go to like a non name brand coffee shop or even a burrito shop here in the U.S., they'll so often even Panera Bread, the, the sandwich shop, soup and sandwich shop, has free internet. Everybody's got free internet over yeah. here. Internet over here. Yeah, it, it's definitely a lacking feature in Japan. So if you if you're a coffee drinker because you drink coffee to use the internet at a coffee shop, um, you will be disappointed if you do come to Japan. Um, there are a lot of coffee shops that participate in national networks, but it's it's a lot like the Starbucks T-Mobile deal. That's interesting. That's definitely interesting. I guess in Japan, though, you, you would have probably a lot easier and better access to the internet on your cell phone. That's true. That's true. So maybe it's a byproduct of what uh, facilities already exist, but from a foreigner perspective, um, it's something that definitely gets noticed. 
Hi everyone, this is Christopher. We are here in Asakusa, and today's goal is to get breakfast and coffee, and I hope to get some reviews of some coffee places. I remembered last time, uh, there were quite a few breakfast places down here too, and I remember saying to myself, I have to remember this because next time I want waffles or coffee or something like that, I need to head down here. So, it is Sunday morning, and that's what we're doing. So, why don't you come along? Okay, this place has coffee and pancakes. So I think that's, that's the way it's going to go. Let's go in and we'll see, we'll see how this goes. expensive side but good ambience so if you're in the mood for some decent coffee a little bitter and good ambience um, head on over to coffee crown and asakusa and uh, maybe if that listener who sent me some detail on zoka can clue me in as to where it might be or what what near in asakusa that particular store might be so there you go quick review for coffee crown. So I think there's one more kind of coffee that, that we should that we should mention that's that's really actually making a resurgence throughout the world. Okay, what's that? That is the actual instant coffee, the instant coffee crystals. Ah, uh, yes. Yes. Okay, why don't, you, why don't you lead us through this discussion? Absolutely. So it's kind of interesting. Nestle, like the American company, isn't it? Is, is, is Nestle American or are they European? I can't remember now. Um, they're, they're definitely very popular in the U.S. for chocolate. But Nest- anyway, Nestle so- is actually a Swiss company. Are they really? Yes. Okay. So Nestle, they make like 80% of, of all freeze-dried uh, instant coffee crystals in all the world. They have like a dozen brands they sell under all over the place. And then there's like the other 20% is made by a handful of other companies. But, but this instant coffee stuff that your mom used to drink in the 50s and 60s is really making a comeback. And in fact, we, we had some, or at least I had some in the hotels 
in Japan because you know I, I like coffee so much that I would I would bring myself to that level. And it was actually significantly better than what you would expect regular instant coffee to be. And that's not saying that it was fantastic by any stretch of the imagination, but I would actually put it on par with what you would get at the average diner here in the U.S. Yeah, that's certainly true. And I was surprised at the uh, quality of Nestle Instant Coffee in Japan. In fact, I want to say it's actually quite better, but logic tells me that that's probably not true since it's definitely made by the same manufacturer here as it is in, in the U.S. Well, I wonder if maybe, you know, if, if some of the time you don't actually pick up some packets from, from the, like, small 20% of vendors who, who compete with Nestle for the, for the instant coffee market. That, that could because be true. I, I know that, so this stuff is actually making a strong, strong appearance. I should say it's been strong in, in poorer countries, since it was first invented, like in the 40s, it was actually invented to, uh, well, it wasn't invented for the troops, but it was invented and its first usage was for American troops in World War II. Mm-hmm. It was the best way that the, the military could send, you know, coffee to, to all the American soldiers fighting all around the world, both in, you know, the Orient and Japan, as well as, you know, Germany, France, that kind of area. I think Nescafe so, or Nestle and the Nescafe brand w- was actually the the pioneer of that whole effort as well. Well, it turns out it's it really wasn't. There was this one private manufacturer uh, in the United States when they invented this stuff, and the U.S. military actually requisitioned one hundred percent of the output of that company's coffee output for the military. And it was only after that, only after all the soldiers had gotten used to it and came home, started buying it in the, in the store shelves, that that it actually got popular. And I think it was Nestle who actually bought that first manufacturer. Uh, that that could be true. I I just pulled up Nescafe, Nest I'm sorry, Nestle's website, and they said they started in the 30s, but they they recognized that the success of their product wasn't until uh, post-war era in the U.S. So you, you, could, you, you could be right. I think they were probably working on it as well, but post-war it sort of exploded. That could, that could well be. It, it's it's really interesting. There's this this documentary that you can watch on the Discovery Channel all about, um, and they actually have like the the vice president of marketing for for Nescafe, and he's like, we're really passionate about instant coffee, mm. and it's kind of a joke. But it was a really interesting documentary. So this is where I'm getting all my my information. Very cool. So, um, right or not, or whether I'm remembering it wrong or not, but either way, so Nestle at this point, they've invented this new process that makes the instant coffee without actually boiling it and baking the coffee. Uh, so, so the original way to do it was to, to make coffee, you know, like hot coffee, brewed style, and then somehow evaporate the water using heat or some, some method like that in order to, to make the instant coffee left, left over. It ends up being not unlike freeze-dried food. But Nestle has this new way of like taking coffee and, and spraying it into layers and then quickly evaporates just because the layers of coffee is so thin that, that, that the water evaporates quickly and what's left over is actual coffee crystals. Hmm. So anyway... So Nescafe, they're they're really really big in like South America. Everywhere I went, you know, people would serve me this horrible instant coffee stuff mixed with milk, 
uh, e- even in the land where coffee, you know, is, is abundant in Colombia, they, they still use instant coffee, which boggles my mind. But it's making a huge resurgence in Europe of all places. So, so I've had Nescafe all over Europe, which is, like you say, if they're out of Switzerland, then that, that really makes sense. But I've had it in all kinds of different hotels, and it's very, very consistent. When I went to Japan, I remember specifically that it was just really, really good. And uh, I didn't notice the Nescafe logo anywhere, but then it was all in Japanese, so it might have said <laughs> something like Nescu Cafe Desca or something. <laughs> that, that could be true. <laughs> but I want to bring up one of the points that you already mentioned because I had put some thought behind this as well. And truthfully, I, I can't believe that I thought about coffee this much in the past two weeks, but it's certainly been in the front of my mind. You had mentioned before that one of the reasons why you thought things tasted so well was because of the coffee accessories, the sugar and the, the cream and, and everything else. And I, I tend to believe that the cream that I have here is what makes my instant coffee taste that much better. You know, I wouldn't doubt that at all. I really wouldn't. I think that, that whatever's in that sugar, maybe it's cocaine, but whatever's in that sugar and cream might might actually like bring any coffee up a good notch or two. Mm-mm. Next time you go to Japan, I would appreciate it if you could ship me back some of that stuff. Some Nescafe instant coffee? <laughs> no, the, the the sugar and cream accessories. Oh, the sugar and cream accessories, okay. Next time I'm in Japan, which will be, Absolutely. Tom- be tomorrow. <laughs> really? You're taking a trip? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think we covered all the topics that I had. Um, there's, I, I think maybe later I'll cover some of the private places you can get coffee, you know, non-commercial, uh, mom and pop type stores. And I've received recommendations for quite a few jazz clubs that are coffee based, music clubs that are coffee based, and I, I have yet to check them out in Japan. So I, I kind of want to get a, a vibe for the coffee. What's the word? Culture. Yes, the coffee culture surrounding um, Japanese coffee. So hopefully in the future I'll, I'll get to do that as well. Yeah, that would be really interesting. In fact, uh, next time next time we both are in Japan, we should we should visit some and and uh, discuss the experience. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, Fred, I want to want to thank you for uh, your time. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast and. Whatever uh, I want to thank you for having me. Yeah, no, thank <laughs> you very much. And uh, hopefully, we'll figure out how to how to put this all together and to uh, to make it coherent. And uh, thanks for your insight. Appreciate it. Hey, it's my pleasure. Well, unfortunately, that's it for this episode. I don't want to stretch it too far. I want to try and keep this under an hour. So it looks like yes, we will do a coffee episode three. And I think after three, that'll pretty much finish up our review of uh, the Japanese coffee system. Let's let's call it that. And again, thank you for subscribing. I hope you really enjoy this. Um, if not, please unsubscribe. <laughs> no, just kidding. Um, hope you enjoy the podcast. I hope you enjoy the coffee casts. And uh, look forward to a few new projects coming up that I think... 
uh, will be pretty exciting and pretty interesting and uh, pretty unique for a podcast. So I hope to share those soon. Talk to you guys later.